Lord Jesus, that you will complete that work that you have started through each and every prayer in this church, Lord. That you will move as you as you are pleased, Lord. In some cases, you move fast. In other cases, you've got another process in mind. But one thing we know for sure is that you do not leave your sheep unattended. And at the end, Lord, it is your presence we are after. And that we have. We want to thank you for that. With thankful hearts this morning in this place. And we praise your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap. All right. I don't have time for this. Look, I want us to do something which might sound silly. Often when it's a, often when it's a World Cup and, and uh, there's, some of, there's some people in our country, Springbok rugby players, that gets a profile. They get to write books or they get to go to communities and speak with children and speak in schools. Um, but I remember Jesus saying, Pray for the laborers because the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. So what I want us to do, I don't want us to pray for a world. We want to do a work in some of those players. We want to pray that God complete that work. Because as they come back to our country, they speak everywhere. They speak at rugby clubs. They speak at Mana Onda. They speak on television. And what we want is we want laborers into our field, not rugby players only. Amen? So won't you turn to someone and say, Lord, we pray for the work that you have started in each and every individual in that team. Bring it to completion. We want laborers in the field. Let's take two minutes and do that.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If this comes up in your heart, pray again. I happen to know that these kind of platforms lead to evangelism. I'm going to share some of it this morning because the Lord has used me in this way in, um, in, smaller, in smaller ways. So let's pray for those lambs that God is raising up to shine. Amen. To know Him well. So every now and then I get invited to other churches to speak on some stuff that happened in my life. Some of it's got to do with survivors. Some of it's got to do with the way us as a church got involved in the rugby club in Secunda for eight years. And then I often go to other churches to talk about how do you connect with your city? How do you connect with your town? How do you bring the church into that? But I never do that here. So I thought this morning what I'm going to do is I'm going to treat you as my guests and just share a little bit along the lines of what I typically go and do at other churches around this area. Does that make sense? All right. So what I want to talk about this morning is how do you love people from the city to the cross in your town and in your life? Even if you are new around here, uh, maybe it's your first time, I want to tell you that Jesus made you, loves you, and has got a plan for you, not only to come and sit in church, but to make an impact in your world. Even if it's your first time here, it's good to know it from the start. He's got a plan for your life. That's good to know if you're near around here. If you're not near around here, if we are honest, we have to admit that sometimes when we experience the pressures of life, we tend to keep up with the coming into church. But the part of our lives or of our faith that gets neglected is the part where we go out. As capacity dwindles, we know we should come together and worship, be under the word, and that is right, that is true. But as we lose capacity, we often bring our hands in that's in the world. And the temptation is there, or the danger is there, that we become professional Christian listeners. And a good sign, uh, or, or, or it's not a good sign, but it is uh, a, maybe an accurate sign, that this is happening to me or to you or to us, is we tend to debate more and share less. Okay. We become hung up on topics. We become hung up on debates, which really, really, really is not on the track when it comes to loving Christ, being changed by Him, and living effectively. All right, and then that takes even more capacity. But how do we love others from the city to the cross? It's very important. Very important. Now, uh, typically I would show people a, a picture like this, which you'll know. This is my family. They're coming out. There they are. Okay, but you know that. But what you don't know is my wife and I had a, like, kind of a little bit of a tussle right? But what we would call our little daughter there in the middle, our surprise package, okay? She didn't surprise the Lord. She just surprised us with her coming, okay? But I said her name should be Juliet. My wife said her name should be Reva. 
and there was bias still staple in his eyes. And, and the tummy was growing, 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 and like none of us would budge. But like all husbands, good husbands do, I did submit. Our daughter is called Riva, and I got a dog, which is now called Juliet. No negotiation. <laughs> and that is the truth. <laughs> Loving others from the city to the cross. Um, you know, I, I believe God had ministered to us in worship, so I, we're not going to minister at the end of a sermon. I'm just going to ask you to pray in prayer and send you out. And if you're new around here, please come and say hi. And if you need more prayer, please come and say hi as well. Um, there's one or two things that's happening in our world at this moment, which is unique to our time and a little bit different than the past. We tend to idolize the time we're living in. We, we like to be, we like to say times have never been as tough as they are now. Um, that's not accurate. Um, we have quite, quite a large church. None of us have been imprisoned for faith. None of us have been killed, lost a limb. It is not the toughest time in history to be a Christian. Okay, let's just be honest about that, at least not here. But the time is unique, and that is true. The times we are living in, probably, it would be accurate to say, is faster than it has ever been in the past. The rate that you are receiving questions that you need to respond to today probably is faster than five years ago. You, you get those questions over email, WhatsApp, SMS, Telegram, Messenger, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and, and what's the, all these dating sites? I don't know. I won't know. But <laughs> and you typically, if you're like me, don't even know it, but you're a little bit overwhelmed even as you're sitting here at popping back the answers. Okay. Now, that is unique. Okay. So we're not going to prison, but it is unique and it is a challenge. Now, what that means is the, the pace at which things are going and the pace we are moving around information is so fast that people tend to change little bits. Okay. Oh, this is a cool video. Oh, it's a cool reading. We tend to change in little ways, but rarely will you and I change in a big way unless we stop and pay attention to that which needs your attention deeply over a long period of time. And that is the challenge we are living with today. Giving a short answer to someone with real questions on the heart about faith will not suffice. No, it will not work. Because the pace at which other answers are coming in and other things are happening means if we want to love people from the city to the cross, the Holy Spirit must teach us how to hold the attention of those we are loving. It will not work. By throwing one-liners, sending quick pictures, then we need to go deeper, we need to go further into the field today.
One great thing about it, people burn out in this time. They become undone and they are more open. So our times are unique, but there's opportunities if we have capacity to pick those up. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to finish this, so I'm not. I'm just going to go a little bit, then I'll stop. Today, for the first time, it is becoming stronger today even than two years ago, in the past, you had a heart um, that believed something, right? And you could put your belief on the table, and I could put mine on the table, and we can discuss those. We can talk about these things, and we can learn from one another. Now, the enemy has been very shrewd the last while. He now is teaching people that what you believe is who you are. And if someone challenges that, they're being hateful towards you. So what that means is he wants to take the conversation away that people need to have to hear the gospel. Faith comes by hearing a confrontational message that contradicts who you think you are, which today is hateful. So what do you do? I'll put it simply. This is not in um, academical terms. If people do not like you, they will not listen to you. Which means if you don't make friends, you don't get to minister today. Which means I can only go back to the church with the same people and have debates with them. <laughs> which, which are trying to do less and love and minister more. Once people open their hearts to friendship, they allow you near to their hearts and you may speak and love them even through a message that confronts their heart. Which probably means that your mission field, if you're a mom, you're a dad and you're working, you probably have the capacity to reach out of your life to one or two people and not 20. Okay, so that means aim is important. Lord, who are you lifting up? From all those mums standing on the, the corner that picks up their kids at school. I'm so overwhelmed because there's a lot of them. But who, who are you lifting up in my heart? Who should I invite over so that I can make a friend and shine a light on their hearts? Does that make sense? The last thing I just always want to say is an intro and also the finish of this message <laughs> is that Peers and friends today, especially after lockdown, has taken a, a greater functional place in the lives of children than their parents and their family. Okay. Because what has happened on the devices we carry, you know, when I, when, when, when I was young, which was not many years ago, okay, I did not have a phone at school. There was phones. I did not have one. So I had to wait for a friend to come to my house to speak with me and play backyard cricket. This was my Yorkers bullet, makes a lefty. <laughs> now the children are conversing with others the moment they get up until they go to bed, which means conversations are shaping, 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 shaping them from the morning till the evening. Previously, what my dad and my mom showed me and taught me, shaped me. So young men ended up, you hear what I'm saying, looking a lot like their dads. 
now children looks like their peers. And that's not typically wrong. It is a challenge, but it is something we need to note. So, so what, what we see is that people that comes to faith now comes to faith because their friends take them to church. I'm talking about the younger generation. Okay. Who's playing with your children? They will shape your children. So, um, my wife should not hold me to this, please. But it, but it is good to create the, uh, it's good, like if you're thinking about getting a swimming pool, because then children comes to your house, that's maybe not a bad thing. Have them there. Have them come. They where you can see. Inspire the other children. Lead, lead the lot, because they will shape one another. It's a time we are living in. Now, I've, I've shared this picture here before and on many other places. This has impacted me for life. And I, I, I want to tell you a story and then I'll explain why it impacted my life. Uh, who remembers this? I did show this before here. Some of you will remember it. That lady on the left is called Kitty Genovese. And she died on that date on the screen there in New York City in an area called Kew Gardens. She was on her way to, um, she was on her way home after working as a, I think, I think as a bartender or a waitress. Uh, but that man there, Winston Mosley, was watching her um, every night as she came home and knew the patterns of her life. So one night, she was walking in the dark alleyway on the way to the big entrance, which would go to all the apartments and all the flats. He um, attacked her and stabbed her with a knife. What she did is she shouted and she said, help me, help me, he's stabbing me. And when she shouted, because you know when you, when you get stabbed, it's, um, you don't talk, you don't ask help, you shout for help. So it was a loud cry. So what happened is all the apartments, or not all of them, but a lot of them heard the cry, and there was a commotion. So some lights went on, some curtains was drawn open, some windows went open, people looked around. It was dark in the alleyway, but with all the commotion, the attacker retreated far away for safety, for himself. But he waited, and he waited, and he waited, and he waited, and guess what? No one came down into the alleyway to help Kitty Genovese. And so the man came back, and he killed her that night. Okay. He was caught in prison. He died in prison about eight years ago, I think. From that moment, all the psycholo psychologists in the room, or those who had it, their studies, they coined the term the bystander effect where a group of people or a mob see something, but everyone thinks someone else will help, and then no one helps. Right? And so there's been tremendous studies done, even on the people that heard these things. Why did you hear? Why didn't you go down? To learn from what happened that night. But, but, but here's the thing. When Kitty shouted in the dark alley, no one came down to her rescue that night. But when Jesus heard our cries in our dark alley, 
He did not put on the lights in heaven and put them off again and went to sit next to the Father. He did not open a window and, and, and shouted, good luck. The Word became flesh. And then the Word dwelled among us. And then he came not at the possibility of risking his life, but at sure death. 1 Peter 2 verse 22, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Jesus came down into your alley, into my alley. This is the gospel. And he took the knives that was there aimed at you and me, and he put it in himself, that you may enter safely to your apartment. We are the people living in the apartments. And there's cries down there. There's blood down there. And there's hurt down there. And Jesus says the following. The harvest is plentiful. But the laborers they are few. Those who will not only spare a thought, those who will not only open a window, but get out of the apartment and rush down for where help is needed. Matthew 9 verse 10. To 13, and as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, sitting in the dark alley, <laughs> sitting there with sinners and tax collectors. But the religious elite, they don't like that. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why do your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners and mix with these people? When he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Now go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. I am halfway, and I'm going to stop, because I just feel I can stop here. And then I'll do the same with the next service, and we'll do part one and two. But I want to tell you, if you are here, if you, if you were invited here, if you were invited here by a person, and, and maybe you only know their name, I want to tell you, you have a good friend, even if you know them for a little while. You've got someone that care about you, that's probably praying for you, care about you, your family, and your children. The fact that they invited you here, it's a good friendship to build on. And I want to tell you that Jesus loves you.
And wherever you might find yourself, for you it might feel like darkness, he knows how to find his way down the steps to where you are. He has done it and he's proven his love to you by taking my place and yours on the cross. And you are so welcome in this church to grow and to discover the love of Jesus Christ in such a deep way. We pray that it will impact you, that you will be a shining light or a river that overruns in the place where you live. Drink your coffee, play your sport, and take your children to school. My prayer for you this morning is that you'll fall in love with him. And if you've been around here for a long while, I want you to remember again that Jesus wants to partner with you. So think about the moms on the pavement. Think about the men you see in your morning runs, wherever you may go. God wants to use you to get to there where the blood is, where it's dark and where the pain is. And he has set an example for us. Amen. Amen. Let us stand up this morning. Let us stand up this morning. I, I stopped a little bit early in order not to cause a massive traffic jam and also gives us just the opportunity to land what was set up to now properly. I want to ask you, in your life and in mine, if, if, if you stop, breathe, and look and listen, you will realize that there's, there's a section in this town if you are visiting us in your town where your ears have been trained to hear and that might be the pavement where the children gets picked up that might be in the coffee shop where you work as a barista that might be in the school maybe you're even overwhelmed when you hear Kitty Genovese and her shouts from the dark alley if you hear that it is because God has placed some of his hearing into your ears so that you can pray and say, Lord, help me to represent you well here. So what I want you to do for a moment is to close your eyes, but look with your heart. Where has he placed you? Who lives around you? Who comes into your yard? Who does your children drag in there? Who do you sit next to at work? If you are a person, not like me, I'm different, but that runs a routine in your day, you'll find you'll bump into the same people at the same places because there's other people just like you. You always get them in that 10 minutes at one place. Guess what? God is indicating. He's made you in that way. Pray into that. For a moment, let's pray into the dark alley. Who's there? So, Lord, will you help me have the courage and the skills to love and care? Just in my apartment block, just there where I go. Because if we all do that, 
we, we are loving a whole city. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Worship you in this place. Now, I want you to bring some of those names up before the Lord. Say, Lord, I want you to, to intervene in this person's life. There's pain there. Lord, I want to pray for that marriage. For that child that plays at your house. Whose parents are going through a tough time. And you can see it even on the child's life. Pray. They come to your house. It's God's, it's God's way of intervening and helping. Pray. You are a senior. Heisletitron, Golden Hine, and you see those people who doesn't have one family member coming to visit them. They are feeling alone in the alley. But you are seeing it. You can respond to the call. Pray for that name right now and say, Lord, will you help me bring warmth into that person's life? Because ultimately they have not been forsaken because you remember their name. Then the toughest of all. There's maybe one living in your house right now that's in such a tough place. Let's pray for our families. Let's pray for our families. Your children, your parents. Nephis, nephis. That's the toughest one. And then lastly this morning, if you if you feel like you are in a place where you just need the Lord to respond to you. Where, you, where you just need someone to take your hand. Where you need Jesus to, to come in and just show the way because you don't know it's dark here. And you are unsure. Then from the stage, I just want to pray over your life and I want you to take one step of faith that's just to put up your hand and say that's me I just need that prayer I want to receive that just put up your hand very high one two three just up just where you are I'm going to pray over you from here Lord as you see hands in the air those are the cries of people in the alleyway and I pray Lord that you will step down into lives and lift up hearts I pray, Lord, that you will show just enough light in that situation that the people will know how to obey, how to take step one, then step two, then step three. And I pray, Lord, for people to be surrounded by friends that will also help and give warmth in the alley. Bless your people. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And all God's people said, Amen. You are blessed. We're going to hang in front. If you've got any prayer requests, please come out and there'll be some facilitators to pray with you. Um, we can open the doors, have some coffee, have some team. Yes, um, you for the book or you can get a Okay? Thank you, Bless you,